Hey, good morning and welcome to West. Thank you for being here an hour earlier. I had a little panic. I'm like, I wonder if anybody's going to show up this morning. My name is Andrea Smith. I have the privilege of being the pastor here at West Church. And today we are back full full steam, uh, launching our new online campus. And that is you, or you are either a part of the both and campus, which will be partially online and, and sometimes at Lake Norman, but predominantly like we are really focusing on you and how to make an online church community really church and build community together. And we have some ideas that we're going to share with you this morning. One of those is the fact that like during the songs or videos in the message, like I'm manning the chat, not someone else, but like I'm actually talking to you. So I'd love to know that you're worshiping with us like uh, Dave and Colleen and Southport and the Stricklands in Florida and Jan in Kansas and Cindy and Stan and Barbara and Angela. I mean, it's just so cool to see your names here. So please let us know that you're worshiping with us. If you're newer to the West community, we'd love to know that too. If you would text the word welcome to the number that you see on the screen, we will follow up with you and our communication staff and connection staff, Don Lynch, will be sending you a gift in the mail. And guess what? Now, uh, as a part of our relaunch, you get to choose a gift. You either get to refresh with West, and we have a gift bag that's designed especially for you, or you can recharge with West, so you get to choose. So we're excited about that as well. This morning, we are going to reveal to you our new logo. You'll see that on the screen right now, and it's, it's, we're, it just embodies who we are as a church. It has the left symbol showing heading west, but then you see uh, the the water, and we believe that we all have a ripple effect. So what you see is like that that ripple effect taking place, and you're going to hear a lot about that in the weeks to come. We're going to be doing a new message series called Diners drive-ins and dives. And do you have you ever found that like favorite place that you can go and eat for me in Morganton? And I have yet to find one here in Mooresville quite like that. But in Morganton, North Carolina, there is this place called Pat's Snack Bar. And if you want like probably the most unhealthy cheeseburger with ketchup and mustard and chili and slaw, oh my gosh, you have got to go to Pat's Snack bar in downtown Morganton. I loved that place. We would go there at least once a week. And uh, that was our local, our local dive and our, our local diner. Local diners are authentic to the community where they are located. And that's who we are as a church. We are trying to be authentic to the community where we are located and our online community. We are very specific about who we are and and what we're trying to do and who we're trying to reach. And so over the next five to six weeks, you're going to hear a lot about that. And so I really am glad that you are checking us out this morning. Now, I want to ask you, is there something that just gets you, just gets you so excited and like when you see it or you hear it, your your blood starts pumping and you're like, oh yeah. So this next video that we are going to show you 
It is of a young man at, I believe, a Celtics game. And all of a sudden, they start playing some music. And, and his mom, we assume it's his mom next to him. And she, like, nudges him because she knows this is his thing, his song. I'm going to ask you today, as we reveal our new mission statement, what is your thing? What is the one thing that just gets your blood pumping and makes you want to just go conquer life? And uh, at the end of today's message, I want you to embrace it and then, and then go do it. Uh, we are real people doing real life and sharing God's love in real ways. And this young man is a real young man, and he gets so excited about the song that just gets his energy flowing. So uh, greet me in the chat room and also take a look at this video. It'll make you smile on this Sunday morning. Right, so now today we are going to do something a little different for the message. And so I want you, as our worship team sings this next song, and as we prepare to look at the two, there's going to be two different scripture lessons for this morning. I want you to go find, and don't like roll your eyes at me or something, but I want you to go find something to like draw with. A pen, if you have crayons or markers, I'd love for you to get those on a wild stretch if you have some Play-Doh, which probably most of us don't have Play-Doh. But if you have some Play-Doh, uh, grab the Play-Doh but grab something to draw with and color with and come back because that's actually going to be a part of the message today. So take a few minutes as our team sings the song and, and go grab some coloring utensils. 
So I want to show you a couple of pictures of some famous people this morning. And I want you to think about if you know who they are. So take a look at this first one. This is Bernie Madoff. Perhaps you are familiar with him. He was convicted of uh, a Ponzi scheme. And if you're not familiar with what a Ponzi scheme is, that's when, and he's like, was a famously, famously, famously rich and wealthy man, had houses all over multiple states, Manhattan, um, uh, the uh, Hamptons or whatever they're called, like the beach, uh, Palm Beach, Florida, just beautiful mansions, beautiful places to live. And the way that he made many of his millions is through his Ponzi scheme. He would take the money of investors and use it instead of like other monies to make more money off of other investors. And so he would use people's money instead of taking it and investing it he would be given that to other people it was just it was really sort of messed up and uh, he made a lot of mistakes he ended up dying in prison and uh, it's not a very beautiful story Uh, if you say the name Bernie Madoff to a lot of people they uh, immediately know what goes on and what went on with him. He's famous for his screw-ups and for his mistakes. Now, I want to read you another story this morning. And uh, as you hear this story, and I invite you to focus on the image that you see on the screen, because this image is a part of the story. This is about a man who, much like Bernie Madoff, was very, very wealthy. And he used, like Madoff, people's money for wrong purposes. And he would take advantage of people. And he was ruthless. He was known to be ruthless in society. He was like a chief tax collector. And he would be like out to get folks and their money. But then something happened. Jesus entered and walked through the town of Jericho. There was a man there, and his name was Zacchaeus, the head tax man and quite rich. He wanted desperately to see Jesus, but the crowd was in his way. He was a short man, and he couldn't see over the crowd, so he ran on ahead and climbed up in a sycamore tree so he could see Jesus when he came by. When Jesus got to the tree, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, hurry down. Today is my day to be a guest in your home. Zacchaeus scrambled out of the tree, hardly believing his good luck, delighted to take Jesus home with him. Everyone who saw the incident was indignant and grumbled. What business does he have getting cozy with this crook? Zacchaeus just stood there a little stunned. He stammered apologetically, Master, I give away half of my income to the poor, and if I'm cheating, I pay four times the damages. And Jesus said, Today is salvation in his home. Here he is, Zacchaeus, son of Abraham, for the Son of Man came to find and restore the lost. 
So I gave you the example of Bernie Madoff because, I mean, he was convicted, right, of a felony. It's not just something that we as humans are sitting around judging. He was famous for his Ponzi scheme. Zacchaeus was famous in his community for taking advantage of the downtrodden of the poor. He also, of course, collected money from the rich, but he would, uh, scholars write, he would target groups of people and then be ruthless and relentless. Like he would hire people to like be the collectors, the collection agency so that he could get their money. He was despised. And so he knows about this man, Jesus, and we read in Scripture, and it says he was curious, and he was desperate to see him. He just wanted to see what this was all about, and he couldn't figure out how, so he climbs up in a tree. Now, there's this little kid song, you know, that we sing, and it's like, Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. And, you know, like we, we sort of make it a kid's story. But in the scripture lesson, we see that the word is even used salvation, which we know means transformation. Salvation takes place. And one of the things that I want us to be mindful of is that in this story, you have Jesus. And then you have the religious leaders. And they're saying, uh, what? They were indignant and they grumbled what business does he have this religious person Jesus who is doing everything in the name of God what business does he have mingling with this crook Zacchaeus experiences something unique and something different about Jesus and so he's like oh my I am going to give away half of my income, and to this group of people, I'm going to give four times as much. And Jesus says, hey, take a look. Transformation's happened, and I'm going to go, and I'm going to be with you. Today we are revealing the new mission statement of West. And if you read in the chat room just a second ago, I shared with you that we are starting this thing that we're so excited about. It's an online uh, subscription box service. We're going to offer it for the in-person people, but honestly, we are designing this for you. And you know how like HelloFresh and there's some makeup, you know, subscription boxes. It seems like everybody has a subscription box now. And Lexi Hernandez, our uh, pastor of our new site that's going to launch this next year, geared towards 20 and 30 year olds, she and her leadership launch team came up with this brilliant idea of a subscription box because the site of West that Lexi is going to launch 
launch. It is not going to be located in one general vicinity. It is going to be located predominantly online first. And then we're going to have little hubs in various places across uh, our nation, one in North Carolina, one in Texas, one in Tennessee. And uh, we're always looking for great young leaders that can help us do this. We're so excited, but they are going to have this subscription box service. And I'm like, you know, we've been looking for a way to make online worship a true a true community. And you all feel like this very much is yours, whether you're worshiping with us right now or if you're going to worship with us on demand, like at 11 o'clock, this message will come up for on demand. And, and we welcome you on demand folks as well. And so we wanted something that we could do with you and, and just with and for you. We don't want you to think you get the leftovers from the high school because that is not what this is. So we are designing a subscription box. And so at the end of, of every message in this next series, I'm going to tell you about what you get as a part of this box. And then uh, all we're asking you to do is just help us pay for the postage. So there is a small fee attached to it. It'll be like $10 uh, at, because of your tithes and offerings. The components of the box will be created, but uh, postage does pose a slight challenge. And so uh, we're just asking you to cover that cost. But in this box are going to be different pieces that help you connect with the message. And then they're going to be different only online opportunities throughout the month for you to engage with me or with other staff or our missional opportunities. And so we're so excited about that. But what you're going to find in representing today is our new mission statement. We worked hard about this. Our old mission statement was love God, serve others, transform the world. And, and we still are all about that. But honestly, Wes tries to be relevant to folks in their lives. And, and those words, they sound very churchy. They sound like the religious leaders, you know, love God, serve others, transform the world. They sound sort of bossy, actually. And one of the things that folks tell us about West it, when they come and they start being a part of this faith community is that we're real. And so we have come up with a mission statement that is real people doing real life and sharing God's love in real ways. And so today's message is talking about real people and real life. Bernie Madoff is a famous Ponzi scheme person. Zacchaeus is a historical figure that was a little ruthless with his money. But just in my own personal realm of existence, I know two folks that were arrested. One is serving a life sentence in prison in a neighboring county for some things that he did with a Ponzi scheme. He took people's money and was supposed to invest it, but instead he used that money money to uh, pay off other things and and he never invested the money and he had some really really nice things a beautiful home multiple homes huge rv and uh, when he was arrested and tried and found guilty um actually i think he pled guilty he was known to have um infiltrated embezzled however you want to say it uh, multiple millions of dollars from local folks. Once upon a time, uh, and then we lost track over the years after I moved out of that particular county and moved to Burke, um, we were friends. He was a great guy, the kindest man you would want to meet. 
And when he was asked, you know, why did you do this? He said, you know, I just, I was just tempted and I wanted to, you know, try to do something really special for my family. And I wanted us all to go on this huge, big family vacation. And I, I wanted to pay for it. I wanted it to be my gift to my aging parents and all of our siblings and children. And I just wanted to be nice. And I kept thinking, well, if I take just a little bit, then I'll be able to I'll be able to get it back and and pay it back. And guess what? A little bit turned into a little more and a little more. And then he said he just got over his head and he couldn't keep up. Another story very similar. It was a church employee in one of the counties that I worked at a, a neighboring church a musician and he worked for a social agency and dealt with a lot of money. One of his adult children was battling with an extreme addiction and needed to go into a treatment facility. And this gentleman shared that he had some checks that were written by people for this nonprofit and they were written for cash. And so the first time it was like he just needed a little to help his son uh, get into this recovery facility. And he just kept saying, I'm going to pay it back. I'm going to pay it back. And one thing turned into another and turned into another and turned into another before it became too much. He ultimately was caught embezzling from this nonprofit and was sentenced he too pled guilty and is now uh, free. And you want to know the coolest part of this story? He's now a church musician at a different, very prominent church. How does that happen? How does somebody that embezzles from a nonprofit get to go and be a musician at a church after they serve time? Well, that church is a place of redemption and a place of salvation and a place of transformation. I'd love to say that that place is West. It isn't. But I'd love to believe that that's who we are. We're real people. I am a real person. I'm not some high, uh, holy authority. I love Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit with all of my being and have devoted my life to my calling and my career. But guess what? I mess up and screw up just like you do. I say things, I think things that I shouldn't and I wish that I didn't. And I make mistakes all the time. So we, we are in this together. So our mission statement, and I want you to memorize this, we are real people doing real life. Real life includes screw-ups. Real life includes Bernie Madoff, you know, uh, taking some money and then doing some not right things with it and then more and more and more and the other two individuals that I shared with you uh, doing real life together including our celebrations and our wins where we are in line with our moral compass and then also the times that we just mess up. But the bottom line is 
we're sharing God's love in real ways, meaning that we look and try to figure out where it is that we're missing the mark. That's the meaning of the word sin and trying to get back in that in that line in that perfect path with divine love and divine redemption that is offered to all. If Jesus were to have seen Bernie Madoff or or see the two folks that I mentioned, he would have said, hey, will you come with me? Come down from that place that you're looking at me. Come with me. Because I'm going to spend some time with you. And that love and that acceptance, guess what? It changes things. It changes people. We're 11 years old now. And over the last 11 years, because this church has been very intentional about not being pretentious and, and not being judgmental and having a core value that says all means all and Jesus, we follow the Jesus model. We have been a place where people addicted to heroin, many, multiple, three, I believe, have came and found respite and peace within our community and felt like they could be loved and love Jesus. Other recovering addicts call West their home. People that have made bad mistakes in relationships and needed redemption for that. There's so many ways that we as a community have missed the mark, but have heard Jesus say, hey, will you come with me? Because I'm going to go to your house today. So we're real people doing real life and sharing God's love in real ways. I want to show you another picture this morning. You know who this guy is? Jeffrey Epstein. There was a documentary about him. I believe it was on Netflix. It was fascinating. I've been doing research on Madoff and Epstein. And uh, Epstein actually wasn't convicted for nearly as many crimes as folks say that he committed. Uh, He was convicted of solicitation and prostitution of minors and child molestation. Uh, But if you read about him, all of the charges and and those things, the convictions were not as numerous. I'm using him this morning to tell you that, like, he's another real person. And there's two more real people I want to share with you about pretty quickly. One is in the Hebrew scriptures, and I'm not going to read you his whole story, but just bear with me for just a minute and let me tell you about it. And and for some of you, some of you, you may have heard me talk about these people before. For some of you, these people may be completely new to you. This guy was named David. He was the youngest in his tribe of brothers, and when uh, they were looking for someone to go fight the huge army that was oppressing the Israelite people, the king came and was trying to choose one of Jesse's sons, and, and he kept saying, no, 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 and then he saw David, and he's like, okay, you're the one, and ultimately David ends up slaying this giant, and then he becomes loved by the king at the time named Saul, And he uh, goes and he tends to Saul. Then Saul gets jealous. And God's always just sort of got David's back. No matter how bad it got, God always had his back. And then David became king ultimately. And what happens when we get some power? 
uh, our egos and our pride, they grow when we make some really, really, really bad decisions to try to perpetuate that power, much like Mr. Epstein did. If you read the beginnings of Epstein's story, you know, uh, he started off, I mean, not with this huge amount of power and wealth. He built it. The question is, where did it come from? And those answers never were very transparent. But then he started investing and doing some really big things that created a lot of power for him. And then he made just horrific, horrific, horrific mistakes, much like that guy named David. Even though David was known to be a man after God's own heart, a man with God's own heart, David, with that power, also fell prey to some human desires. And there was a beautiful, beautiful woman sunbathing naked on the top of her home, and David saw her, and he wanted her, literally. And so he seduced her. They ended up... um, conceiving a child together and so David instead of like owning up to his stuff uh, he ends up getting her husband killed in battle like intentionally like he had him killed and then his child falls sick and dies David knows that what he had been doing was just wrong He knows that the grief that he feels and experiences is just part of this just despicable place that he found himself in. And he luckily has someone in his life that calls him out on his stuff. And then he says this. Generous in love, God, give me grace. Huge in mercy, wipe out my bad record. Scrub away my guilt, soak out my sins in your laundry. I know how bad I've been, and my sins are staring me down. You're the one I violated. You've seen it all. You've seen the full extent of my evil. You have all the facts before me. And what you're after is truth from me, from the inside out. So enter me then and conceive a new life. David found redemption in God. I want you to take a look at this next picture. It's of a well. This is the last part of the story that I want to share with you this morning. There was another very real person that Jesus encountered. It was a woman, a Samaritan woman, who was scorned by society, and she came to the well, and she was, uh, much like Epstein, very promiscuous. I mean, very, very promiscuous. Not just one person, but multiple partners. Again, she had to come to the well at high noon uh, because none of the other women wanted to have anything to do with her. She was scorned by society. But what happens is Jesus shows up. And the Samaritan woman, taken aback, asked, How come you, a Jew, are asking me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink from this well? 
because Jews in that day would not be caught dead talking to Samaritans. And Jesus answered, If you knew the generosity of God and who I am, you would be asking me for a drink, and I would give you fresh living water. If you knew the generosity of God, you would be asking me for a drink. Real people doing real life and sharing God's love in real ways. God's love is the kind of love that shows up and says, look, I know your stuff. I know, like David said, you know, you know me, you know all the stuff that I've done, God. When Jesus shows up with the woman at the well, he knew. And he didn't care. He loved her anyway, because guess what? Love changes things. We are not a church that just says, and which I find so funny when, when other religious people, other preachers, or just religious people start studying West and looking at us and looking at our theology, they're just like, uh, oh, you're just a church where anything goes. Absolutely not. We are not a church where anything goes. And, and certainly we believe in the, the power of darkness and the evil of sin. And we believe that sin, missing the mark, separates us from God. But guess what? I will let you in on a clue. A bunch of religious people going around and beating people over their heads with their sins. You know, it just does not last for the long term. It's called a fear-based theology. And we are not into selling life insurance. We are into sharing a message of hope and transformation because the kingdom of heaven, the, the life insurance that people talk about, you know, like what happens when you die, we also believe Jesus is teaching that it is here and now and we are supposed to experience that kingdom of heaven every single day. And the way that we do that is by experiencing our own transformation. It is by experiencing that we are not out for number one like Mr. Madoff and we're not out trying to make our own kingdoms bigger and that greed and pride it has no place in our lives it just makes us unhappy if we're always trying to get the biggest car or the biggest house or the highest salary or you know those things they just get in the way greed and selfishness it gets in the way and then uh, with the woman at the well, infidelity and, and trying to fill our self-esteem and trying to fill these voids in our lives by unhealthy relationships or things like pornography and, and all the, the sexual sins that, that happen in our lives. They get in the way of us experiencing that love. We're called to be faithful to one partner. We're called to love a person and love them with all that we have. And in the church, we get really stuck on that and get stuck on a lot of rules around that. Jesus showed up at the well. He said, go and sin no more. What did he mean? He meant, you know, treat your body like, you know, a sacred a sacred space and place and being because you are created and you are loved by God and go and, and change. 
and know that you are worthy and that you are loved. Real people doing real life and sharing God's love in real ways, just like Jesus did. So I asked you to get some paper and coloring utensils. The other thing that I would invite you to do is if you have an app on your phone or on your computer and you like to draw using your technology, I'd invite you in just a few seconds, you're going to be listening to another song by our worship team. I invite you to go and, and use your app or use your pen and your paper. And I want you to draw a real person. And I'd love you actually to post it on the West social media page, uh, whether it's our Instagram or our Facebook, hashtag West Real People. Because we are real people doing real life together. I want you to draw a real person that you feel like represents you. So that you can look at it this week and remember that we are real people doing real life together and sharing God's love in real ways. And because you are a part of this faith community, that is who you are and what we are about. So I invite you now to go and draw your real person. So I'm not an artist by any wild stretch of the imagination. In fact, when I was going to study elementary education in college, you had to take art for the elementary ed teacher or something like that. It was the hardest class I took my entire time at Appalachian, including uh, research methods in my master's degree, uh, because I just am not an artist. I don't know why I have pointy toes uh, like a werewolf or something, but it just is what it is. But the most important for me as I thought about my real person was that I want my eyes to see people not with my own judgmental prejudices, but with the eyes of God. Seeing no difference between gender or socioeconomic status or sexual orientation uh, or uh, skin color. I pray, my prayer every day is that as a real person, I'll see as God sees or as Jesus sees. And that I'll have a smile, a big smile. Recognizing that life is beautiful even when it is full of trouble and hardships. That it's a beautiful thing. And I want that smile to radiate not only outwardly but inwardly. So I can remember who it is that I am called and created to be. I hope you drew a real person. And I hope that as we go through this week, we'll remember that we're a part of a place that loves real people. Even when we mess up. We're real people doing real life together. Sharing God's love in real ways. I hope you'll be a part of this community. Will you pray with me? Gracious God. Thank you for your presence in our lives and thank you for historical examples like David and the woman at the well and Zacchaeus that show us that radical love and grace. We all mess up. Sometimes like folks like Bernie Madoff or Jeffrey, Jeffrey Epstein or other local people that get caught up in just a mess. But no matter what, you love us anyway. And you are always working in us to draw us back to you. That's called redemption and salvation and grace. Thank you for being a God of grace. May we go be real people sharing your love in real ways.
Amen. I can't wait to see you next week. Thanks for joining in this morning.